in uh, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, in just a, a, a few minutes. Acts chapter 16. Some of the uh, uh, slides, when I put this together, it's on me, not on James. He usually put slides together. I made the font too small, so therefore uh, it might be interesting today. In the first service, it was okay, and so uh, I just wanted to just give you a, a heads up on that. And so, uh, well, let me ask you this. Well, let me talk to you about something. I believe that, uh, that a, 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 every person in the world, I believe, desires to be uncomfortable. Will you agree with that? We want to be comfortable. I need comfort. You know, life is hard, so we do things to bring a comfort in our lives. You know, we go on a vacation. We take a long uh, nap on Sunday afternoons. Do you like a good Sunday afternoon nap? Some of you do. I, you know, when I told the first service, this is going to be interesting to me because some of y'all were around in the first service. You're probably saying, let me see if he says the same thing, the same jokes and stuff. But when I was a Nazarene, and when I was part of the church in Nazarene, you know, we call them a Nazarene nap. I guess if you're a Baptist, you call them a Baptist nap. But if you're at Freedom, I guess you call them a Freedom nap because we're not Baptists or anything. And so, but I love a, a good, a, a really good long nap on Sunday afternoons. But we also like, you know, to bring comfort to us is a great meal together, you know, uh, or at an event, we go out fishing or out of deer hunting, just open up and go and hunting. You know, it helps us to play out of golf or go to high school football games. So those things are comfort. It's something out of the ordinary. It's you no know, comfort is basically something out of the, that we do that's, that's not the, uh, the things that we usually do. It's out of the ordinary that brings uh, comfort to us. You know, uh, I, I like, you know, that we d- d- do life and then we have comfort. You know, some of you are re- retired, re- you know, and you find a lot of comfort in that. That you are retired. Uh, I know I've known people that retire, and they say, "I don't have to get up at a certain time if I don't want to. I do whatever I want to do." And so that that's a lot of comfort. You know, we we work hard, and then we have comfort. I think you have to get my point, don't you? I think you get my point. But let me say this: There's nothing wrong with what I just said about comfort, unless we transfer this way of living into our a Christian a, a, a belief system. And you're going to have to hang on with me a little bit on, on this one until we're done to the end. It's entitled, uh, Comfortable versus Uncomfortable. And we're going to talk about some things here that I know the Lord has uh, challenged my heart. This, uh, I want you to stand with me as we read uh, God's Word in Acts chapter 16, 16 uh, through 40. It's a lot, of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of scripture. As you can see, I even put John 16. I don't know what I was thinking, but it's Acts 16, 16, 40. I'm going to do what I did the first service. I'm going to turn and I'm going to read it with you. Is that okay? It says, one day as we were going to the other place of prayer, we met a, a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and, and brought her owners a great deal of money by a, a fortune telling. Uh, while she uh, followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who uh, proclaim to you a way of salvation. Interesting, it's someone as, as, as devious as she was maybe recognized us. She, she, she kept doing this for many days, but Paul, very much uh, annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I uh, order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out that very hour. But when her owner saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are disturbing our city. Wouldn't it be great that, that we would disturb our city a little bit? 
they are Jews and are, uh, and are uh, advocating uh, the customs, uh, customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or uh, observe. The, uh, the crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and, and, and had them uh, ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe uh, uh, flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. And uh, following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and he uh, fastened their feet in the uh, stocks. So they're in this innermost cell. You know, they got them uh, fastened. There's no way they can get out of this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing uh, 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 songs to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was an, an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the, when the jailer woke up and saw that the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. The reason he was because if they allow anyone to escape, it was on them and they would have to die in the, in the, in the place of them since he supposed that the, that the, the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are here. The, uh, the jailer, he had to call for lights, and rushing in, he fell down uh, 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 trembling before Paul and Silas. Remember, it looks like it was dark there, but the light of Jesus was shining. Then he had brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, I believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your whole household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he, had, he and his entire family were baptized without delay. It's a, a beautiful story here. He uh, brought them into the house and set food before them. And his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. Interesting, he did all this knowing that he could lose his life. When morning came, the magistrates sent the police, saying, Let those men go. And the jailer reported the message to Paul, saying, The magistrates sent word to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. And that's a good, isn't that a wonderful story? Amen. You can be seated. Beautiful story. Uh, uh, Paul and Silas, they were uh, stirring up things. They were uh, stirring the pot a little bit, as we would say. I don't know, that saying is still around. You know, I have sayings that were in the 80s I can't even say anymore. But they were stirring things up. You know, they were just, uh, you know, they were just really, I believe in this story, having a really good time. You say, how were they having a good time? They were in a, a, a prison. They were being beaten. But I believe that they were, I believe living for Jesus is exciting. And it's a great adventure. I really do believe that today. I enjoy living for Jesus Christ. I sure hope you do. I love it. I love every moment of it. I enjoy living for Jesus. I think it's an adventure. And, I, I, you know, I, I just love to see lives change. This is what's happening in this uh, story here. A life, a whole family accepts Jesus Christ as your Savior. They take them out and they uh, I, I baptize them. It's a wonderful, it should uh, stir our souls when we see someone accept Jesus Christ. When someone that was lost and undone and they uh, accept Jesus Christ, it should stir our souls, shouldn't it? About three of you got it. Love it. It should stir our soul, shouldn't it? Amen. It should just stir us up. As much as we see someone that is lost, it should stir our heart to that person. And when someone accepts the Lord as their Savior, it should do so. We should celebrate those times. I believe that Paul and Silas, they, they found comfort in ministry. 
I believe they found comfort in what they were doing. Now, being locked up, which had changed the stuff, probably wasn't real comfortable to them. But in their ministry, but in their spirit, I believe they had comfort in that. I really do. But here's the, here's the thing. We, have, we are basically, we say things in our comfort, oh, my needs are met. Most of the time, that's what we call comfortable. American Christians, we pray for comfort by adding material things often. We, add, we, we pray for comfort for these things. But the, a persecuted a, a, a Christian, we often find a comfort through out of beatings. You say, Tim, that is kind of crazy. But listen to me today. Is I want to talk to you about what is it means for American Christians being comfortable. What, is, what, what does that mean? You see it on the screen already. Like I said, I'll read it out to you. But what, is it, what do we mean oftentimes it says, you know, I'm comfortable with the Lord. I'm, I'm thankful, and I'm, that's not a negative. But often we say things like this. All needs are met. We're uh, uh, blessed with a nice home. We are uh, uh, blessed with great kids. We are uh, uh, blessed with great hunting land. Now, I like that one. Uh, we are uh, uh, blessed that we've been healed. We are uh, uh, blessed with a great small group. We are uh, 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 blessed with a great youth group. We are uh, uh, blessed with a great senior adult group. We are blessed with a great children's ministry. We are blessed with a great spouse. Husbands, that's when you that's when you do that. There's your opportunity. You might not have one till next year or something. There's your opportunity, but Phil, come on. I blessed with a great job. We're blessed with a great household. All these things are not bad. Would you agree with that? They're good. They're wonderful. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of these things that I just, I just talked about. But it, this is where the, we define Christian comfort often, is in that arena that our needs are met, praise God, and we have this and that the other. I don't have to ask for anything. That our needs are met, and we find that being comfortable. American Christians, they, we think that the Lord, that we're making it uncomfortable when he does this, we're going to read a, a, another slide here, is that when, when the Lord asks us to do these things, we call these things uncomfortable. Everybody got me? Everybody with me? The, the Lord asked me to witness at a restaurant today. The Lord asked me to give 50% of my income. The Lord asked me to I, I, I pray for my uh, enemies. The Lord asked me to sell my nice car and buy a cheaper one and give the rest to a person who needs a car. Oh, Lord, I love my truck. The Lord asked me to foster children. The Lord asked me to adopt a child. The Lord asked me to help a drug addict. The Lord asked me to be a youth sponsor. The Lord asked me to minister in the nursery. The Lord asked me to minister in children's church. The Lord asked me to minister and celebrate recovery. Or the Lord asked me to serve at the Cafe Central. The Lord asked me to go to Sunday school. God forbid. The Lord asked me to join a small group. The Lord asked me to serve once a month and miss my small group. The Lord asked me to read God's Word. The Lord asked me to pray longer. And the Lord asked me to fast. I put that one last. We often say we're comfortable when all our needs are met. But as soon as the Lord calls on us to do what he's called us to do, whatever that is, we call that uncomfortable, don't we? 
all the time. I've done it. It's that all our needs are met, and this is a good thing. This is what God says he'll do for us. And I love small group, and I love the youth group. I love children's church. I love all these things. And, and we often attend churches based upon those things. You know, a lot of people will, will choose a church based on certain things. But as soon as the Lord calls us to maybe witness to someone wherever, we call that uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable to us. And so I want us to uh, challenge uh, these two things because I really do think we have it backwards. I really do think it's backwards. Paul and Silas, they are uh, uh, thrown in jail. They're in prison. They are uh, uh, stripped naked. They are beaten with a rod in the very, and thrown in the very innermost of the prison with shackles on. Us, will you serve in the nursery? I would rather be beat with a rod. I've had someone tell me that before. I would rather be beaten with a rod if I got served in the nursery. Sorry, you bunch of kids, I'll kick them or something. Go last in line at a church all dinner. You want me to go last in line at a whole church dinner? Don't you know the good stuff is going to be gone the time I get there? When I was a youth pastor, I made my uh, teens. I didn't have to make them very long. I said, we're going to go last, and we're going to be servants, and we're going to go last because it says in the Word that the first will be last, and the last will be first. So therefore, the food, the good food is going to have to be there because God says the last shall be first. Get me? It never worked. All the good food was usually gone, but they, didn't, they never caught on. Every now and then, one or two would try to uh, I, I sneak up front. I just would give them that eye, and they would drop their head in shame and walk to the back of the line. That's the way we think things. <laughs> Here's a, a, a question for you. Here's a question for you. It says, what if our Christian comfortableness should be Christian uncomfortableness? And our Christian uncomfortableness should be our Christian comfortableness. I love saying that word because I can't say it. So maybe you will remember it. We say things a lot of times that we don't like. But Paul and Silas in their flesh, I believe, were very uncomfortable. Wouldn't you be? I would be. I would be very uncomfortable in the flesh. But in the spirit, they were very comfortable in spirit. They were very comfortable. They were in their niche. They were in like, boy, we're just, there's something going on here. And God began to move in a powerful way. The Lord is never going to use me or you unless we get out of this right here and we move to that side of the stage. You know why? Because we're so caught up on our own needs all the time that we don't even hear the Lord. We don't even hear what he has to say. The scripture here in the second uh, Corinthians, it's great, great scripture. It says, praise be to God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that, listen, that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the surfings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, listen, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. 
and our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We got them mixed up, comfort and uncomfortableness. They're mixed up in our hearts and our minds and our, and our lives. We acted out that way. In other words, it, this comfort in our sufferings is to bring comfort to others, to bring comfort to others. Paul and Silas, their response to the beating and the, and the arrest, for us oftentimes, is, is not pleasant. We respond in a way when someone persecutes us a little bit for our faith. Well, I want to leave that job. Well, I want to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, I'm going to hold a sign up. Theirs was prayer and praise. Theirs was prayer and praise. It was a powerful witness to the other uh, other prisoners. But if we stay over here all the time, oh, my knees are met and this is good, and when something shakes this up a little bit, we don't know what to do with it. When it shakes it up a little bit, well, all my knees, I don't think, are met now. And we just begin to get afraid and in fear. When the whole time the Lord wants to move us to another place. Maybe this is the uncomfortable. And this should be always the comfortable. Maybe just the norm should be the uncomfortable. What I say the definition of comfortable was something out of the ordinary in other words God does something out of the ordinary and this should be the comfort we have I told the uh, uh, I told the uh, uh, first service you know I told them why the, the nine o'clock service came about I had a dear couple within the church are y'all with me I had a dear couple in the church send me an email and they said, we love you with all our heart, and we love our Freedom Family with all our heart. But we just cannot come to a service where there's no uh, mask required, there's no social distancing required, because we are, we're not healthy. That bothered me. He says, so we decided to go to another church. That bothered me. And it should bother me. Would you say that? It should have bothered me. So that was, it, 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 the rest of the day, it just on my heart and mind. It, and it really began to, to hurt my heart and and so it was night time and little Dustin wouldn't go to sleep little baby I'll pinch his head off so I put him in the bed with us he can't stay out of sleep I'm wide awake by that time Heidi's gone down to the den because she has to get up early and go to her job and I said this morning but I don't have to go to work we do work from Monday to Friday, okay? We do. But I don't need a lot of sleep. Trust me, she needs a lot of sleep. Oh, it's not good for the rest of us. I'm kidding, sweetheart. No, I'm not. That's true. <laughs> He's asleep. I'm laying there wide awake. And this is on my heart. I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do about this? What am I supposed to do about this? And I like to add this word because it's very emphatic. It really shows some things. And the Lord spoke in my spirit. Remember I said earlier that the Lord, you know, he speaks to us throughout. I believe he leads and he directs us. But those are those moments that he really speaks to us. Those are those moments in our life. He said, I'm stupid. <laughs> he really didn't say that, but it's just emphatic for me. It just sounds good. Stupid, why don't you just do another service? 
and require masks and social distancing. And I began to weep and cry because I realized that I allowed my personal feelings and my views to get in the way of God's voice. And I had to repent for that. I had to repent. I had to ask for forgiveness of that. And that's the reason we are doing what we're doing. Because those folks I saw today have not been in church for over six months. I made an excuse. If you're vulnerable, stay at home. Watch it online. It's no big deal. You can watch it online. My goodness, how insensitive could I be? And so when we open ourselves up for a moment, it, it took an email from a dear couple and it took a little baby to get me to the place that I would lay there and listen to the Lord. And he began to change my heart. I had to repent of that. And how we respond to those moments in our life will determine the witness that we give the world of our faith in him. And how we respond to those things when we make a, a mess of things often is how we respond and how we recover from that will determine what the world actually sees. A lot of times the world will be forgiving if we respond in repentance and we, we respond in those things by asking for forgiveness. And the world sees that and goes, well, I saw them do this, but I see this person now really responding in a way that I didn't think they would. It shows, who, it shows our faith in the Lord and it shows what a, a powerful witness we have. We find Paul and Silas in a moment of this. If they had stayed on this side of the stage and said, oh, my knees are met, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Lord, why is this happening to me? Lord, why is this happening to me? How many times have we said that? Lord, why well, don't understand? Why is this happening to me? Not once did they ask why it was happening to them. They knew why it was happening to them. And they found comfort in singing songs and praying. To the Lord. I praise God today that my needs are met. I praise God for that. But we will never be used of the Lord unless we understand what it means to be comfortable and uncomfortable. American Christian comfort a lot of times turns into selfishness because I want this little comfortable life I want things in a box Lord I want you to do this right here I want to keep you right here Lord in this box I want these things and the Lord is gracious and good because he gives us good gifts he gives us wonderful gifts but as soon as the Lord begins to move us, it gets us uncomfortable. When this should always be uncomfortable. And when he's moving us, boy, this is comfortable. I'm walking. Boy, this is something else. This is wonderful. This is something else. This is comfortable to me. That's where God wants us. Godly comfort equals needs met, which leads to ministry. Godly comfort means needs are met, but leads to ministry. In other words, we can go all the way through the uh, Bible. 
We can see it with, uh, when God called uh, uh, Abraham or called Abram. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation where you will be a blessing to others. I bless you, you bless others. That's, that's what he told him. He says, I bless you, you bless others. And our comfort over here a lot of times, which, which should be uncomfortableness, is I have blessed you, so I'm going to move you to a place that you are a blessing to others. That this is the most comfortable I can be is when I'm blessing others. When I'm blessing my, my wife, my children, my family. I'm blessing those who I go to work with. I'm, I'm, I'm blessing those. So Amy, Pastor Amy and I talked about when we anointed with oil, that was a blessing. That means giving life to them. Uh, just, that, just that stamp of uh, uh, approval. And when the Lord moves us that way, it should be comfortable. It should not be always like, oh, Lord, I don't want to. Lord, I, I, I don't. I, I, boy, I, I, this, is, this is good right here. Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John says to Jesus, he said, Peter said, this is a good place. Let's just make some tents, one for you and you and you and you, and let's just stay right here. Jesus says, you can't stay here. If you stay here, you just get really obese. There's stuff, and you're just like always praising God. My knees are knees, my net, my knees are met, my knees are met. And then there's people that sit on the pew with you that needs a touch from Jesus. Don't get me wrong, this nothing is wrong with this. But there is, is when you stay there, and when I stay there, there's something wrong with it. Comfortable, uncomfortable. Which one am I? What happens when we live in godly comfort? What happens? What happens when we live, when we move, when we understand the difference here? That when we, when we move, and what happens when we live in godly comfort? What happened here in this story? Watch this. Uh, let's uh, pull that uh, scripture up here at the end here. Listen to it. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down at a trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your whole household. They spoke in the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And at the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced. They had become a believer in God. What, happened, what happens when we move out of this right here into something more comfortable that the Lord's called us? People get blessed. People get saved. God uses you. You begin to be used of the Lord. You know, you're no, no longer you're just sitting on a shelf. Now you're being off the shelf and being used of the Lord. I think about all the ones in the, uh, in the, in the Bible. I think about uh, uh, David sitting out in a field with his, uh, you know, with his sheep, and, uh, and a prophet comes along and says, Yo, uh, Jesse, his daddy, you go get him. He's going to be anointed king. I think about Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel doing what God wanted him to do. He had to find comfort. He found himself in a lion's den. What did God do? He delivered him from it. I said earlier, the, uh, the Meshach and the Shadrachs and the, uh, and the uh, Baghetti goats. I can't say it. But the Lord put them in a furnace of fire. What was there? There was someone else walking down there with them. What I'm saying is this should be comfortable to us. And we should not, never come to the place, Lord, this is so uncomfortable for me to do this. This is uncomfortable. God has been good to us.
that it should just become something of comfort to us to be able to minister as the worship team comes to minister. I know today just might seem kind of get it in our minds and hearts, but then the Lord has really tried to deal with me. I've been telling you I was going to preach this sermon for a very long time, but it took a while for the Lord really to ingrain it in me. Is that every time that y'all look at me, because they're just getting ready. So, where are you? Where are you? All these things that I listed could sum it up, maybe, I sit on a church pew. And I get up and go. Versus here. I get the honor to sit on the church pew with my church family. I get to see them on Sundays. I get to see them on, hopefully come on Wednesdays to a small group or on another small group night. And we enjoy it and we laugh and we have a great time together. And But Lord, I'm just uncomfortable with that. And there is ministry in that and there's comfort and there's ministry in those small groups. Yes, you better believe it. But Lord, I'm really comfortable when it's when you call me to the something that is different. Not ordinary. And that's comfortable for me. He says, Tim, but you don't know my personality. Trust me, God does. And I guarantee you he's not going to call you something outside the scope that he knows you can't do. But if he calls you to something, he sees in you that it can happen. Or he would never call you. He would never call you. I struggled for years to be in here. I struggled, Lord, I wanted... I want to preach. I want to, I want to do this and thought it would never happen because of a speech impediment. But praise God, whatever, the Lord moved me and I allowed him to move me. And in my flesh, a lot of times at the beginning stages, was it real comfortable? It wasn't. But down deep in my spirit where it counts, it was comfortable. And when you're used of God, when you get a taste of it, it's something beautiful. It is something beautiful. A whole household. I'll say that the whole household was shouting with the Lord today. Think about it. A whole household. Can you imagine the scene? That guard. Oh no, all the prisoners are gone now. The earthquake happens, they're all gone, and Paul and Silas are sitting back there. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. And some of you others are going, No, he was, he was singing Amazing Grace. We're here. God left them there for a purpose. Because he knew, I didn't say this in the first one, service. Because the Lord knew there was a guard and a household that needed to be saved. Oh, Lord, take me out of this. Lord, this is too hard. Let me come back over here. 
This is too, uh uh-uh. This is too much. Thank you, Jesus. My knees are met. Woo, got plenty of money in the bank. Thank you, Lord. I see it in my peripheral vision over there. I, yeah, Lord. I, this is good right here. Woo! Praise the Lord. I'm shouting. This is shouting ground. When this is shouting ground, and this is even probably more shouting ground, is when we find ourselves here. How we just stand. If you're lost today, your first step is to come and kneel down before the Lord and ask Him to come into your life and bring salvation in your life. I don't know where you find yourself, but between you and the Lord, and this altar is open, I want you to come as we sing this song.